Hello again, Bears fans, and welcome into Three and Out here on We Are Regal Radio, where we give you the breakdown of every single Bears game, do a post-mortem, if you will, and I'm sure a lot of Bears fans feel that post-mortem today after seeing what was just a, another one of those really gut-wrenching, terrible losses by the Bears and really make you feel bad about the team and the organization. We'll jump right into it with our three takeaways, and might not be too, too long of a segment here just because, I mean, let's face it, we're talking about the same things every single game, and it's really hard to look elsewhere for answers or for reasons as to why the struggles are happening. Right away, let's go ahead and take our first takeaway, and that's simply, what the hell was that? I mean, (laughs) if you go into a game with the Bears this year, you already know that you're going to see a lot of uh, challenged offense. You're not going to see any type of, you know, professionalism when it comes to that offensive side of the football. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be usually some kind of turnover or negative plays that equal basically turnovers. You see a lot of punts, very, very little points. It probably, if anything, you're going to see is field goals and not any type of touchdowns. And at the end of the day, probably seeing, you know, flashes of what happened in a Bears game and and just think to yourself, man, if a few of these plays went the Bears' way, you know, what are we talking about? And on top of it, too, when are these plays going to start coming the Bears' way? Because it just seems like far too often we're talking about how many missed opportunities they had and... And uh, you got to throw this game probably at, at close to top of the list because in our fourth and goal series, which is what we do here on We, go, we Are Regal Radio to preview each and every Bears game, I, I felt that this was a game that the Bears kind of needed to win. And maybe that one game when you look back at the end of the season and say, man, if we won this game here, we're probably in the playoffs. Or it, this game right here, the one that we lost, that's where it really started to unravel. And that's how this Minnesota game felt. Because Minnesota came into this contest a desperate team. You know, their playoff hopes were basically dashed about three weeks ago. They started out 1-5 and five, their first six games. I mean, it was a disaster. They get a huge victory over the Green Bay Packers. They get another big-time victory over the Detroit Lions. And now they get a victory over the Bears. You, uh, so far, the Vikings are 3-1, and one, I believe, in the NFC North. You know, when you are killing it in your division, you give yourself a shot, not only to win the division, obviously, because those divisional games matter, but that's how you get back into the wild card races. You've got to take care of your own division, and that's what the Vikings are doing. Now they go next week, one game below 500 at four and five, and feeling really good about themselves, knowing that the second place team, the Chicago Bears, you know, they're very leapfroggable. And if you get past the Bears and a few other teams lose in the NFC and go through a hard stretch, You know, Minnesota very easily can steal that seventh playoff spot in the NFC. And so when you go back to the Bears now, you know what you're going to come up against in this hungry, desperate Minnesota team. You wasted your 
good matchup with the Tennessee Titans two weeks ago. And so fast forward to this week, again, a defense that's really struggling with your struggling offensive uh, crew. You've got a new play caller and Bill Lazor. Uh, you know, this bye week's coming up right before the Green Bay matchup. You want to feel good going into that bye week and and really building confidence and maybe feeling like as a team you've turned the corner a little bit. But if anything, the team is reeling and feeling it, that they've really turned the corner in the negative way. And that maybe this is this is becoming, you know, I hate to say it, this is, this is on the path to disaster. And for fans that are hoping that, you know, the front office and Ryan Pace gets removed at the end of the season, I mean, this is what you got to hope for. You got to hope for these type of results and these kind of disappointing performances. And why is this performance so bad against Minnesota? I mean, you don't really have to look at many numbers on the stat sheet. If you were watching that game at all, what do the Bears need to win football games? They need takeaways from their defense. Defense got them some early takeaways that they were unable to take advantage. Uh, I believe they only had three points off their first two takeaways. You know, you got to find a way to score a touchdown there. On top of it, what else don't they do? They don't score in the third quarter. You get a kickoff return for a touchdown from Cordell Patterson. I mean, that's a that's a freebie seven right there. You get yourself a huge touchdown. A, a team that can't score any points gets themselves the type of touchdown that they really needed at that point in time in the game. And altogether, the Bears offense couldn't score one offensive touchdown. And, you know, it had shades of their game against the Saints where you just or even the Rams on that Monday night before this Monday night game where it, it just the offense couldn't score a darn thing and you have this offensive guru head coach you know Ryan Pace this general manager and we'll talk a little bit more about this stuff later on but you know this guy chose the quarterback that you're seeing and the quarterback position of all the options that the Bears have He's the one that constructed this offensive line. He's the one that constructed this offensive group. This might be the worst offense that the Bears have maybe had in their history, or at least in a very long time. It's pathetic. It's honestly pathetic. And when you get takeaways from your defense and you get a special teams touchdown and you're going up against a team that's under 500, yes, they're a divisional rival, but, you know, I can't imagine anybody in that Bears organization going against this Minnesota team didn't feel like they could win this game. If anything, you feel lost and helpless in two weeks when they play the Packers after this bye week. And how ugly could that potentially be? I mean, we'll have some time to really digest that, but man, that game, you can circle it right now. If the Bears get embarrassed against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay after this bye week, you know, that's the type of stuff that really gets the McCaskies wanting to fire people. And you lose to Green Bay, you look really bad, you blow a 5-1 start, you've made the playoffs once in six years as a GM. I mean, now you just, it's, it's kind of like, when you have a house and you, you get like a bad smell, a bad odor, and you rip like some wall back or some wallpaper, maybe you get a little hole behind the wall and it just pours out this stink of rot and disgusting. That's kind of what the Bears are like right now because after 2018, 
you know, you were kind of convinced as a Bears fan that Ryan Pace has built a, a really well-constructed house and that, that, you know, it's a house that's going to last for a while. It's going to have some sustained success. And the house took a big time uh, hit to it. it, it almost like uh, a giant hurricane went through and, and shattered up the house a little bit after 2019. And they thought, you know, if we get some some people in here to fix it, some new guys that all of a sudden we're going to figure it out and this house is going to be pristine once again. And now we're finding out even down to the studs, it's starting to, to rot and stink. And there's just not a lot of fixes. You look at the future with the cap situation and it's ugly. So, you know, if the Bears want to do themselves any type of favors, they need to, I guess, bring it these last, you know, six games after the bye week. It, it just... It's so hard to have a ton of optimism when you know that seemingly against any defense they play, they're going to be unable to score any type of points. Let's move along right to our second takeaway and going to look at the offense a little bit more and, and just kind of want to just kind of want to highlight, you know, where the problems really are because it's it's all about roster and talent. And it's all about how these players are brought in together, how they're being used, because, you know, Bill Lazor comes in, the offensive coordinator, as the play caller in this game, and, you know, I think you can make the argument between the 20s, he was, you know, a, an improvement over Matt Neck. Not night and day, nothing, nothing significant, it's not like... Uh, I don't know, but that we found Kyle Shanahan 2.0 or something like that at offensive coordinator with Bill Lazor. But it seemed like the Bears had a little more fluidity to them, seemed like they were moving the football decently, uh, still not very good on third downs. It, you know, a continual problem for this team. And boy, that, that third down conversion is very scary. I mean, 2 of 11 after how futile they were a week prior to the Titans as well. And they're one of the worst third down teams in the league. So, you know, at times it felt that between the 20s, they were looking fine. But where do the ins where do the problems come back into it? In the red zone, can't come away with points. You know, Nick Foles misses a few throws. Uh, a couple bad reads. Some plays poorly executed, whether it's the offensive line blocking, whether it's the receivers. You know, Anthony Miller has a tough drop. It was a not a good throw at all, but it's in your hands, man. I mean, you're a receiver. How many times can the ball hit you in the hands, get deflected for an interception before people start saying, you know what, dude, we've had enough. We've had enough of that stuff. Uh, there's really no playmaking being done whatsoever. Uh, maybe a few chunk plays here and there that we saw a little bit extra than normal, but again, this Vikings defense was ripe to be scored on, to be giving up a ton of chunk plays. That's what they've done all year long to everybody, except for the Bears. The Bears are just this team that really can't get going or score many points until it's the fourth quarter. And even then, that's not even guaranteed. I mean, they, they look terrible in plenty of fourth quarters this year. And so we know it's it's not really the play caller. And, it, and to anybody that was surprised that the play calling didn't improve significantly you know Matt Nagy he is a problem for sure with how this offense is running but he's not the end-all be-all 
when it comes to problems. And if you get a new play caller, it isn't going to change everything. You know, you need a quarterback that can make throws. Nick Foles has done a very poor job at executing at the quarterback position, and we know Mitch Trubisky does a very poor job of executing at the quarterback position. Those are the quarterbacks Ryan Pace wanted. Uh, this team is terrible at run blocking. There's no physicality. They have no maulers. They have no offensive linemen that just come up, punch a defensive uh, lineman or linebacker, and move them. Kyle Long was probably the last Bears offensive lineman that they really had that could just maul some guys and create some gaps and some holes that you can run behind. And a lot of these offensive linemen kind of here to stay with the offensive or with the contract situations that they've all gotten a lot of these guys are probably here to stay and you're just thinking man why did you want them to stay this long in the first place uh it, it's just a lot of silliness of that you see the running back position you have no david montgomery lamar miller was just kind of whatever artavius pierce you know this is my problem with getting really excited about some of these undrafted rookie running backs or just these no-name running backs. A couple of toss plays that I saw of Artavius Pierce, and he's just running out of bounds. This isn't college, dude. You need, on a football team that is dying for extra plays, for extra yardage, for playmaking, you know, you don't want to be stupid. You don't want to take unnecessary risks. But if you've got a corner and you can pick up two or three extra yards by just staying in bounds, that's the kind of stuff that this Bears team has to do all across the board. You can't have any margin for error, and you've got to try to get every single yard you can get. And the mentality's wrong of this team right now, and you understand why there's very little confidence and. If you are not a part of the offensive group, you feel like you're doing your job. I mean, special teams and defense is doing their jobs. When you are just so backwards offensively as the Bears are, I mean, they look like the worst offense in the league. You can't, can't tell me one playoff run in six years and having the worst offense in the league is any type of security for a job. Uh, I don't trust Ryan Pace at all moving forward from what we've seen him build his teams like, especially in the win now mode. Remember, you trade for Khalil Mack because you're trying to win now. You're in win now mode. Anybody have trust that Ryan Pace is gonna find the next guy? Our last takeaway, really just looking at what what is gonna behold the, the Bears moving forward in the future because you're five and five now. That five and one start, gone way gone so now you're a reeling team five and five going into your bye week i would imagine things are pretty uncomfortable pretty awkward around house hall i don't know what matt Nagy's plan is for the bye week i i think I, i'm not sure if it's been every year but i know in 2018 he let a guys he let a bunch of guys have some extended time off i, I would think that's the opposite this year i mean you need to get to work I would think you got to be there grinding day in and day out all these two weeks because, I mean, you can't be embarrassed against the Green Bay Packers. If Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy were not concerned about their jobs before, they better be very concerned right now because if anything, and I pointed this out earlier, if anything drives 
Virginia McCaskey and George McCaskey nuts. If anything makes them want to fire people, it's when they get embarrassed to Green Bay. They hate getting embarrassed to Green Bay. They hate Green Bay. They really believe in that rivalry like as if a fan would, a, a meatball fan. There's been enough embarrassment this year that any executive should feel the heat under their seat with how poor this year has gone and how poor things have gone in general. I mean, you can't hang your hat on a double doink field goal miss in the playoffs as in the first round of the playoffs as your only uh, merit of success. I mean, that's ridiculous. A playoff loss and one playoff game is nothing. That's that's where kind of I'm at right now as a Bears fan is I would love to know where Ryan Pace's head's at. I'd love to know where the McCaskey's heads are at. You know, what what is the reassessing being done? Because if everyone was just so happy with that 5-1 start, I mean, you've lost four straight. And you're back to 5-5. Five five. You've lost to every single good team you played or team with any type of quality. The only real wins are against really bad teams. I mean, you're talking Atlanta, you know, the Giants. You shouldn't even have beaten the Lions. That was one of your victories. You know, Tampa Bay, that was a godsend. I don't know how they won that game. That that must have been just the weirdness of Thursday on a shortened week. And kudos to that pass rush for getting after top. Other than that, I mean, it's just... It's been futility. Futility, futility. And when you go up against the good teams and you look terrible, I mean, what does that say about a six-year uh, program that you've been building? But if this locker room stays together and they keep playing hard all year long and maybe get a couple victories, that might be enough to save the jobs of everybody within the organization. But if the players, you know, if it's possible the Bears lose out the rest of the way or only win maybe one more game, and clearly there's a divide and maybe the locker room starts kind of tuning out the coaches, now you got to start talking firing whether you like it or not. So they're definitely on a teetering right now in the worst way possible. Teetering to potentially a new rebuild or new people making decisions or teetering to getting enough done so that everybody keeps their jobs and we'll see what happens next offseason with no cap money and already a shortened draft capital uh ugliness 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 after that bears loss and unfortunately there was no way we can really slap any uh makeup on it and, and make it prettier because there's just nothing else to say this this bears team is reeling right now the locker room is it seems like it's boiling and it could explode. There, the mess has been made and now you kind of have to live with it until the end of the season. And hopefully, to all Bears fans out there, hopefully, hopefully they are rewarded with their loyalty by not being uh, basically cheated or slapped in the face by the owners of the Bears telling us that, hey, if we figure out a few of these details, if we give them another chance, things will get better.